Wow, you guys sound amazing today. It is so great to be together, and it kind of feels like Christmas today. I know it's a hard, but just like anticipation, waiting for this day. It, we had to take a year off last year, and just to be all together. Uh, I was talking to Darren as everybody was out there putting it all together, and just like it just feels a little extra special to be all together, to be able to celebrate. I know we're not actually most of us out there bringing in the harvest, but just celebrating a time together as family. Uh, so we're super excited to have you here. If you're visiting with us, uh, I'm Scott and my wife, Danielle. We're two of the ministers here, along with Roy, who was singing, and his wife, Alicia, and Mikhail's helping out, uh, and, and just so many amazing. This is a, a, a welcome to our family. Amen. And... Uh, whether this is your only time here or whether you've been coming here for 20, 30 years, we hope you feel at home. We hope you feel welcome and have a great time today. I know if you have kids, they're excited. Uh, I was out there uh, practicing the soccer little game that's out there with little Noah beforehand, who's about three. And, it, it, you know, we, it took us about 50 tries, but we made it in the hole after... <laughs> Uh, finally there, but uh, it's just going to be, it's a lot of fun, and it's great to have every one of you here. Uh, so let's, let's say a prayer as we uh, continue to get started here. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for that, that you want to bless us. God, we thank you that you love us. Thank you just even for all the songs we've been singing about, all the, the, the ends of the earth and back that you will come to find us, God. We love you. Please be with our time here in your word. Be with the rest of our day. Uh, help us now to really focus on you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, when you think about harvest, you think about the crops coming in and an abundance and, you know, being out in the fields and thinking about the agrarian society that they lived in, that this was their sustenance for the entire year, that if it didn't rain, that people in their family could die in the next year. It was also a time that would kind of mark the seasons of the year. So every time you got to harvest time, it was a time to reflect and think about the year that they had been through and the people that are in their lives and maybe the people that were no longer in their lives. But it was really a time to think about their blessings and their relationships. And that's what we're going to talk about here today, blessings and relationships. You know, after this last week, we will not be talking about baseball today. And all the Dodgers fans said amen, Amen. along with all the Red Sox fans. So if you see Moses Hernandez out there, just give him a sock in the arm for me. Just tell him that was for me. Don't do it too hard. He might. But uh, it was quite quite an amazing baseball week there. And I'm, I'm especially encouraged that my mom and dad are in town today from Florida. And uh, that's an extra special uh, blessing there. And even uh, in the last couple of months, they, they gave us a little bit of a scare. And uh, just the fact that you guys are healthy enough to be here and just be with our family is super, uh, super encouraging. So we're glad that you are here. So I don't know if you ever been in conversations with someone where they're they're giving you a lot of details and you're not exactly sure where they're going? Does that bother you? Okay. Nobody raised their hand. I mean, it bothers me. Like, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm the only one. 
Like, okay, like, where are we going with this? I know you're telling me that there was a blue shirt and there was a car and there was a tree and there's a restaurant. And Like, where are we going with the conversation here? So for any of you who are like me, I'm going to give it to you right now, okay? After this, you, can, you don't need to pay attention anymore. God loves me and wants to bless me. That's it. That is the entire sermon in however many words that is. The hard part is to say it and actually mean it and believe it. It's easy to say God loves you and he wants to bless you. It's a little different to say God loves me and he wants to bless me. And obviously, I'm not the center of the universe that it all doesn't come down to me. But think about it in a different way. Wouldn't you want your kids to be able to say this about you? My mom and dad, they love me and they want to bless me. They want to give me a better life. I mean, that sounds really easy, right? That's kind of basic. That's parenting 101. I want my kid to know that I love them and that I'm going to do anything for them. And how is God any different? And I pray that you can think about that today. And sometimes we don't feel loved and we don't feel blessed. And that wrestling is part of the journey. If you could think about that is your spiritual farming right there. That is hard work at times to wrestle through. God, this doesn't feel like you're loving me. This doesn't feel like you're blessing me. But if we continue to stick with God, it will become more and more clear that he is. Just like with our own kids, it's ridiculous to go to a parenting class and say, okay, whatever your kid wants, you give it to them. Right? Is that a good parenting plan? No, that's, that's crazy town. Right? Then you go through your life and you think that everyone is all about giving you whatever you want whenever you want it. And yet somehow when it comes to God, we have like this thing where we think he's going to do that for us. And yet he knows better than for us. He knows what's best for us. And so he gives us blessings at the proper time. And he allows us to enjoy them. And one of the most famous passages on harvest is Jesus after he speaks with the woman at the well. I don't know if you can read that, but I will read it to you. He says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying it is still four months more until the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the field. They are ripe for harvest. Amen. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. And from this, we learn a few things about the harvest, that there's gladness. It says the sower and the reaper were glad together, that they reap the benefits given from God, and that it's about blessings and relationships. Because Jesus had just finished this amazing conversation with this woman called the woman at the well. We don't even know her name. 
And yet he was waiting for her and he connected with her in a special way. And so when you think about harvest, I hope that you think about blessings from God. And I hope you also think about relationships. And even what Jesus came to define as the spiritual harvest, our relationship with God. And so when I look back on the Bible, in a way, you could call it a theology of blessings. And it doesn't mean, like I already said, that we're always going to feel blessed and that we're always going to get everything we want. But God begins the process of the relationship. That there's no one that initiates with God before he initiates with us. That we come to God, it's impossible to... This is. I thought about this this week. You can tell me what you think. It's impossible to come to God until he blesses you. He's the one that initiated with you. He's the one that brought all of us here. And I just started going through the Bible and looking at this, and I found in in Genesis 12 with Abram, he says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. Abraham didn't do anything at this point except be born. It doesn't say anything about his life, but it shows God coming to him with that statement. Why wouldn't we want to follow a God like that? Why wouldn't we want to respond? Sometimes we can grow up and feel like God is trying to bust us. That he's kind of following us around, just calling us out on things. And that's a terrible relationship. Imagine your kid terrified all the time because they think you're going to bust them for some of their chores that they didn't do. And sometimes maybe we do that, right? <laughs> but that's not the basis of a relationship. I love Haggai 2:19, where he goes on to say, Before this, that there was no fruit, there was no blessing, but from this day on I will bless you. And he can look back to that day and see the, his life change. And go from struggle and no fruit and challenge to blessing from God. And I think many of us can look back on our lives at that point when we realized that God was trying to bless us. And it literally did that, change the direction of our lives. That we could look back to that day and say, I, I, God always wanted to bless me, but I realized it at this time and my life was changed. Some people think that the God of the Old Testament is different from the God of the New Testament. And yet here he is wanting to bless his people. And believe it or not, even bless those who are not his people. In the New Testament, these people in the city called Lystra, they didn't know about God. They didn't have much of a history. They weren't Jewish. They didn't have the Old Testament. And he comes to them and he does a miracle. Paul does a miracle And he says, he has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven and crops in their season, the harvest again. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. That God was giving them joy. He was giving them blessings even before they even knew where they were coming from. That he loves you and me before we even know what that is. 
In James 1, he says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. That he's reminding the Christians that every blessing you have comes from where? From God. Every blessing you have comes from God. And he doesn't change. He's always got your back. He's never not there when you need him. And of course, Jesus. Why would so many people want to hang out with Jesus? If he didn't give out blessings, if he didn't give out love, if he didn't give out what people needed in their souls. He says, if you know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Can you just picture the joy that God gets giving us a blessing? It's like when you get the perfect Christmas gift for your kid and you're so excited about it and you got it all ready and wrapped up and you just can't wait for them to open it. And yet, can you, do you picture God that way? Do you picture him anticipating what you need? And maybe he's not going to give it to you for six months, but preparing the way and go, man, this is going to be great. This is going to encourage their souls. It's hard to see sometimes. I don't often, I don't always feel that way. And yet God gives us so many scriptures and so many blessings that we can understand him. He says out, and Jesus, he says, out of his fullness we have received grace in place of the grace already given. That God has given you favor. That he has given me favor. And that doesn't mean that we just accept that and we don't have to do anything, but it, it starts with that. It's, it's not supposed to be a bunch of rules and a bunch of things that we need to do, but it's a response to a relationship. And I pray if you get anything out of today that you get those two things, that God loves you and that he wants to bless you. Now, we're going to look at a few of the statements that Jesus makes to this woman. As they meet on a hot day under a well, some of you may or may not know the story. The disciples go off to get some food and Jesus is waiting at the well. And when you know the end of the story, you know, he's waiting to have a conversation with this woman. It says, when the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Now, water is not all that spectacular, right? When you go to somebody's house and you're like, well, what do you want? Like, water is not the first thing that comes to my mind, right? Like, you want a special drink or you want a special meal or, you know, what... Get some coffee or some special latte or something and just just plain water. But when you're dying of thirst, water sounds best. That sounds pretty good. And that they were that connected to water on a daily basis. That they got their jug of water and when that was gone they had nothing until the next day. 
But I think Jesus, in asking for a drink, wasn't necessarily wanting to be served. But he was initiating with her and asking her, maybe it could be, will you give me a chance? Will you reciprocate the love that I have for you? Will you give back in this relationship? And so he steps into her lives and he's, maybe he's thinking, I know our people don't get along. Because Samaritans and Jews didn't talk to one another. Men did not talk to women in public. That was considered extremely rude. It was a hot day. I don't know. There was a lot of reasons. But Jesus initiated. And even today, will you give God a chance? Even the fact that you're here. Maybe you're giving God a chance. By God, I don't know, but I'm just, I'm giving you a little chance. And that's all that Jesus was looking for from this lady. And down in verse 10, they talked about water for a little bit. And Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And it's kind of like they're on different levels here. That She's not quite sure what he's talking about. She's still thinking about water and I can come here and never have to get thirsty again. And, and Jesus is not talking about that. But if you could imagine, he is thinking about all these blessings that he has for her life. I'm here with guaranteed blessings. I'm here with everything that you've always been looking for. Every broken feeling, every emptiness, every lonely feeling, I'm here to fill. And she pushes back a little bit. And you might think, that's kind of rude. She's like, who are you? Are you greater than Jacob who dug this well? I mean, what do you have that he doesn't have? I think that made Jesus probably smile a little. The creator of the universe, and here's this woman asking him, like, who are you? What are you talking about? But I think that was a good thing. I think that made Jesus smile. They continue on talking. Jesus asked her to go get her husband and come back. And she says, I, I have no husband. And this is Jesus' response. He says, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands. And the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. And as I was thinking about this passage, and the question that came to my mind was, why did she tell him she didn't have a husband? Like, imagine this, you, you come across somebody you're never going to see again, and they ask you an extremely personal question, and you tell them the truth. It would have been really easy to say, make up something. My husband's at work. My husband's sick. My husband's fixing something. My husband's with the kids. My husband's a lot of different things. But whatever, that was the character of this woman. 
that she saw herself clearly. And she was a big enough person to admit it to a total stranger. Maybe that made it easier that it was a stranger. I'm never going to see this person again. What the heck? Let me throw it out there. And some people have said that maybe she was a person that was not a real morally upright person. That's why she's had so many husbands. I've heard that story probably my whole life. Recently, I've heard another version that could be true, that maybe she was a loyal wife and maybe her husband had other ideas. Maybe he upgraded in his mind. That didn't sound too good. But I'll I'll put the, I won't go there. But the fact of the matter is that she came in touch with Jesus. And he met her in her deepest point of regret and pain. He touched that one button that she didn't want to touch. That one topic that's just like, oh, I hope he doesn't go there. And her blessings were born out of that point of pain. Her blessings came because she was willing to embrace that moment. So many times we, we don't get to our blessings because we, we're not ready to be honest with Jesus. Maybe we're not in touch. Maybe we've been avoiding our whole lives and when someone gets right down to it, we, we, we lie. We make up something. Because we're not ready to go there. I pray that you're ready to go there with Christ. If not now, that sometime in your life, that you're ready to go there. On a lighter note, uh, there was a time last year when we went on a, my kids and I went on a hike of Mount San Jacinto. And some of you know this story, but that was probably the most miserable hike of my entire life. It was humiliating and and everything in between. I ended up mistaking my uh, mineral salt pills and just dehydrating myself the entire time. And every time I felt worse, I would take more of these pills and it would just make me worse. And then when I got worse, I thought, man, I really need these pills. And it just... (laughs) You're supposed to take four to six a day and I took like (laughs) 20-something. Yeah, I'm a real, imagine going into the urgent care afterwards. That's where I was. Made it to the tram, immediately to urgent care, getting fluids. It was, it was pretty rough. And obviously, I'm not sure that God cares about hiking or any of that kind of stuff. But he doesn't want us to quit when we get hurt. He doesn't want us to give up when it's difficult. And, you know, this past Friday, we got to do it again with Amo and Cole and Bill. And in my mind, this was like a vengeance hike. (laughs) We've been training, Gian and I have been training, and it was like, you know what, this time, I'm not taking any of those salt pills. (laughs) Zero. And, you know... It still wasn't easy, but it was amazing to be able to see this at the top. 
And like I said, I don't think God cares much about hikes or any of that stuff. But he does care if you or I decide to give him another chance. He does care if you and I are willing to be honest with ourselves. If we're willing to give him a chance and approach Jesus and let him speak into our souls. I don't think this story would have went the same way if the woman would have lied. I think Jesus would have smiled and says, you know, maybe another time. Maybe you'll run into my disciples later. But because she was there and willing, he was able to reach her in her deepest place. I don't know what your failure is. I don't know what you're hiding. And it's, maybe it's not, it's not my business. But Jesus wants to fix that part of your life. He wants to help you in your time of need, too. Jesus responds to her the next statement. The time is coming and has now come when the worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. That God wants to bless you. He wants you to worship him in spirit with your heart in truth. He doesn't want us to live a lie. He doesn't want us to be deceived. He doesn't want us to walk around with a fake faith. And yet I think the real thing that Jesus was saying is that the Father is seeking you. To this woman, Jesus is saying, I am looking for you. That's why I'm here. Yes, God wants the spirit. He wants the truth. But he's seeking after each one of us. The creator of the universe knows where we go to get water. He knows what we've been through. And he is seeking after us. Just like the song we sang. The walls that he's tearing down to get with him, with us. And she says, I know that the Messiah is coming and she, he'll, he'll fix everything. She's got some background, right? She, had, she knows a few things. And then Jesus reveals himself to the first person in his book, other than his disciples. He says, I, the one speaking to you, am he. That not only was she vulnerable with Jesus, but here he is trusting himself to her. He didn't just throw this out a lot, especially one-on-one. But he was vulnerable with her, an intimate, an intimate connection. That person you were looking for, it's here. It's me. Can you imagine her surprise? Wait, wait. So all the all that stuff I learned as a kid, like it's it's you. Like everything I've been looking forward to and heard about, and I didn't even know if it was really real. Like it's you. Yep, it's me. The blessing was right in front of her. Everything that she was looking for. The peace, security. 
that she could say, God loves me and wants to bless me. It, it happened that day. And later on in the story, many of you are familiar, her entire village, they say, we no longer believe just because of what you said, but we now have heard for ourselves. And we know that this man really is the savior of the world. That blessings came to their entire town. And we're back where we started. I pray that today you can think about these things. That we can all come face to face with Jesus. And whether it's your first time or your millionth time. And realize the blessing is right here. It's with Christ. It's with, within us. It's here even in our community. Because of Jesus. As we take our communion together, I pray you think about those two things. And you imagine God seeking after you. Because that's what he's doing. In Luke chapter 22, he instructs the disciples about these blessings that are going to come. He says, after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of heaven comes. Even as Jesus is going to the most difficult time in his life, he can still see where he's going. He can see the the finish line in heaven. He says he took the bread, gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Remember this blessing. Remember what I'm doing for you. Remember me washing your feet. Remember me guiding you and protecting you and in a few hours dying for you. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Because I love you and because I want to bless you. Let's pray as we take our communion together. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for just your heart to seek after us, to bless us, to initiate with us, to help us to see you in a new way, even to surprise us. God, I pray that we can trust you with our life, with our heart, with the, that we can feel free to wrestle with you too. When we, when we don't feel loved or we don't feel blessed, God, because I know that you are doing everything for our good. Thank you so much for your son. Thank you for his sacrifice and his body and blood that were broken for us. In his name we pray. Amen.